Okay, before anybody complains, let me just get through this opening here. Today, we're going to talk about digital voice modes on amateur radio that you can listen to on your scanner. Yes, there is something here to be interested in. There's something to listen to. It's not just old men talking about the weather and their chores and the stuff that their wives are making them do this weekend. Trust me, there is something for you to listen to on amateur radio, digital modes that I think you want to check out and I think you should check out. Let's talk about it today on the podcast. All units 10 3. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger and my amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. Now, I've been scanning since about the time that I could crawl because there's always been a scanner on within earshot when I was growing up, whether it be at my grandfather's house or my dad's place. Yeah, it was always a radio involved. And I got involved with amateur radio as a teenager, just like many of you who are listening to me speak right now. Now, I know also a lot of you just hear the word amateur radio or ham radio, and you think, ah, it's just glorified CB. And for some, yeah, that could be it. But what if I told you that you could learn something on amateur radio nets, such as weekly tech nets, where they dive into technical questions, answer uh, questions that come in, and whether it be through amateur radio or through another medium, such as email, for those of you who may not have amateur radio licenses, but also severe weather nets. So if you know that a storm is coming through a certain part of the country or a nation or whatever, yeah, you might be able to listen to this on a digital talk group over amateur radio by using your scanner. Also, there might be some special events such as Field Day, which is coming up at the end of June every single year, and also just maybe some other types of contests or memorial nets or something like that. But what if I told you there was a scanner radio net that meets twice a week that you can listen to and even participate in? Why well, I say with a scanner radio, but you really can't listen to it with a scanner radio and you can't participate with a scanner radio. But I'm going to tell you how you could do both at the end of this podcast episode. So make sure you stick around if you want to participate in a bi-monthly scanner radio net that meets on amateur radio that you can participate in globally. So we're going to talk about several different modes of digital communications on amateur radio. And in typical amateur radio fashion, there's no standard here. So <laughs> there's there's a million different ways that you can skin a cat to do the exact same thing in amateur radio. And that is part of what makes amateur radio interesting is the fact that it breeds a culture of trying things out and and evolving and even these guys that complain that that's you know like ft8 that knows about ft8 a lot of people say that's not amateur radio it's just computers talking to each other well 
for some people, that's exciting, right? But it's a new technology. It's a new way of communicating. It's a new way of getting information across. And it actually helps you get further because of the protocol, right? So there may be some old geezers, <laughs> right, that maybe one day said, voice is an amateur radio. It's all about the Morse code. <laughs> so bear with me here, right? Now, that takes us into our very first technology here, which is called D-STAR. D-STAR stands for the Digital Smart Technologies for Amateur Radio. And it is a proprietary codec that's licensed. It's an AMBE codec license from DVSI. Again, DVSI, you may have remembered them from P25 and also DMR codecing. But it's a closed source, or it was closed source. And that really rubbed a lot of amateur operators the wrong way because here they are, or here's ICOM pushing out a standard, a digital standard, but the source is closed, meaning you can't tinker with it. You can't modify it. You have no idea how it works underneath the hood. You can't build third-party software really that works well with that radio. You can't roll your own radio. You can't modify anything, right? And this was developed by the Japan Amateur Radio League, J-A-R-L, I think is really what it was. But it uses shift keying, and it's, it's a rather unique style of communicating. Let's put it that way. So D-Star will work on HF, VHF, UHF, and microwave bands. And mostly the microwave bands, like, you know, the gigahertz bands are used for linking repeaters together or for high-speed data. Now, high-speed data here is a blazing 128 kilobits per second. Yeah, lightning's fast here. But D-Star was really manufactured primarily by ICOM. Kenwood did get in the game a little bit, and so did Flex Radio Systems. Now, again, like I said before, hams hated this. They hated the fact that this was a closed-source digital form of communications. And for that may, uh, reason alone, a lot of people just poo-pooed all over this thing. Eventually, when patents ran out, there was Freestar. And homebrew GMSK equipment started to be built, tested, and even put on the air. So people were able to take their old commercial radios with this GMSK homebrew equipment on the back end and plug into the gateway system. And now these were homebrew radios and repeaters that are now part of the D-Star network, which really, I think, opened things up for D-Star. Now, what's really cool about D-Star is the fact that you can take your radio, your D-Star radio, and it will do FM if you put it into FM mode. So you can do analog and D-Star on the same radio. But you can use it point to point through repeaters. You could communicate across the state, the county, even the world. And how do you do this? Well, it uses reflectors, and think of reflectors as being chat rooms. Multiple different repeaters can all log in or all connect to the same reflector, and by doing so, multiple repeaters are now linked together. So you could effectively tie in all of the repeaters in New England into one reflector, and now all those repeaters could be linked. Or you could have a nationwide chat service or a weather event chat service or something like that where all of these repeaters are all linked together. From the amateur radio standpoint, though, D-Star is a real pain. Pain in the neck and other places in order to program. I've been an admin 
that helped out with our county's D-Star repeater. And just to configure it and set it up, not only was that challenging, but even understanding how to set up your radio. You have to put in your call as the first parameter, then your gateway, which is the repeater you're going to be talking to, and then your destination. All three of those must be programmed into your radio before you even key up so that you can not only get into the gateway, but also tell the gateway where you want to go. On a receiving side, we don't have to worry about that. We're just going to listen to whatever is coming out of the repeater. So we're a slave to whatever the repeater is doing unless we have our own hotspot at home that we can control. The other problem here is, though, is that there's not really much support on the scanner radio world for D-Star. Because, again, kind of closed source here. But being that ICOM not only owns the trademark for the name D-Star, but is also the largest D-Star manufacturer of equipment in the world, allows them to create a receiver that many of you or some of you might actually have that can monitor a D-Star. And that is the ICOM ICR-30. That radio will receive D-Star against an ICOM receiver. Uh, probably the last receiver to come out of ICOM. I don't think they've come up with a replacement for that one. I haven't tried D-Star on my ICOM ICR-30 yet. But if you got deeper pockets, you can look for an AOR DV-1 or a DV-10. Yeah, those are about $1,000 new apiece. But we're going to talk about the AOR DV-1 and DV-10 quite frequently here on this podcast. And we're also going to talk about AOR on a future podcast. In fact, I've been writing that podcast very slowly. Again, chemo has killed my fingers and my nails. And I am down to basically just hunting and pecking using a stick <laughs> to, <laughs> to write my podcast episodes. Hasn't gotten that bad, but uh, in incredibly painful. I'm down to seriously two fingers here to write up these scripts. But if you have an SDR, you can use software like DSD+. And I've used that to monitor a D-Star. You used to have to use actually a DV or DVAP dongle in order to monitor D-Star because of the proprietary nature of the AMBE interface. But lately, with DSD plus Fastlane, you can monitor D-Star right through Fastlane if you tune into a frequency with your SDR. I've also read that SDR Angel can also support D-Star. You may be able to find D-Star radios on the cheap, although I really haven't noticed any. I've been into D-Star I'm going to say the better part of 10 years or so now. And uh, it's the first amateur radio VHF, UHF digital mode that I played with. I, I don't know. I, I think at this point there might be better ones out there, but it's still there. It's still active. There's still plenty of repeaters out there. And if you have the means to do so, I would say check it out. It's a really, really interesting form of communications. But not only can you do voice on D-Star and many of these other protocols that we're talking about today, but you can also do digital data, such as GPS coordinates, waypoints. If you could put one in your car and use it for telemetry, right, as you're driving, you could even do images and even short form messages. And again, we talked earlier, D-Star can also give you access to the internet at a blazing 128 kilobits a second. But if you look at this from an amateur radio emergency services point of view, which again, which is what my county uses D-Star for, it's a great way to be at a shelter, send messages from a computer by using DRATs, send IMS forms, and even send images quickly 
through a gateway if you had one to get out to the outside world if all services happen to go down. All right, the next form of digital communications we're going to talk about is Yesu System Fusion or C4FM. Now, this is a completely different form <laughs> from D-Star. It does use C4FM, obviously, which is in the name, which is less complex, and the bit error rate is much better. Again, D-Star uses GMSK. Yesu System Fusion uses C4FM. And also, side note, P25 and DMR also use C4FM for what I'm reading here. What's really cool, too, about Yesu System Fusion is the fact that these radios can automatically go back and forth between analog and and digital modes, which they call automatic mode select. So repeaters can operate in both modes. It can be operating in an FM mode or a digital mode. And what basically what happens is they know somehow what all the radios are that, are that are talking, and the radio will switch back and forth to accommodate that radio. So you don't need to program your radio both ways, or you don't listen to a bunch of noise if you have your radio set to analog. You're not listening to digital, digital noise. But again, this mode works in through repeaters. It works direct point to point. Again, you can communicate across the state, the county, the world. And Yesu System Fusion has X wires linking, or they have their own forms of reflectors that they call rooms. And again, just like in D-Star, these rooms can be linked. And that means that you can have multiple Yesu System Fusion repeaters all connected together. And also, just like in D-Star, communication is both analog, digital, and short-form messaging, such as GPS and images. Again, the AOR DV1 and the DV10 would be an off-the-shelf radio that you can use. DSD Plus also does Yesu System Fusion if you're into the SDR environment. Or you could actually pick up a Yesu System Fusion handheld radio on the used market for under 200 bucks. Now, this will be a great way not only to tap into the ASUS System Fusion environment, but you can also use this radio as a secondary analog scanner radio. I have a FT70D that I've turned on probably just a handful of times, but it is very rugged. It's built like a brick house, and it's fairly easy to program with software. So if you're looking for something to jump into this unit and or this technology and not spend $1,000 on an AOR DV1 or DV10 and you're just not into the SDR world or platform, heck, this is a good excuse for you to buy a new radio. Again, I would recommend the Yesu FT70D. All right, before we get on to our break, I want to talk about one more form of digital communications on amateur radio that you might want to check out. Unlike D-Star, this one is fully open source. In fact, they want you to get your fingers dirty. They want you to tinker. They want you to download their source codes and apply it to your hardware. They want you to take your TYT MD380, your Alliance, Alluance HD1. They want you to take your Radio Oddity DMR radio and wipe the firmware off and replace it with their firmware or the open RTX firmware and use your existing radio on their network. And this is called M17, Mary 17. It's a brand new digital radio protocol for data and voice. 
made by amateur radio operators. It uses the free and open Codec 2 voice encoder, which means there's no patents, no royalties, no licenses, or anything else. You can take this codec, this firmware, this, this modification, these extra boards that you can build that interface with existing analog radios. If you've got some commercial radios, I was looking before, it'll plug into like a Motorola HT1250, a Kenwood TMV71A or something like that, and uh, you can get on there. Now, what's really interesting, and I want to give kudos to a local amateur radio operator here, N2XDD. He is very active in our Discord servers. He's actually part of the Tesla Amateur Radio Club, I believe, which is out in Shoreham, Long Island. And one of these days when I'm uh, feeling much, much better, I hope to get out there and, and get a tour of the facility. I've driven past that uh, that old facility many, many times, and I would love to actually get on the grounds there. I think that would just be absolutely awesome, and maybe we would do a, a full video on that. But anyway, N2XDD is, is really spearheading part of that project. And if you want to listen to that, really SDR Angel, I hear, is the only way to be able to do that with a software-defined radio. So we've covered quite a bit here, just from start to finish, on these three technologies that we've talked about so far. Have been strictly on an amateur radio platform. We've gone from something that is absolutely closed source to something that is completely open source. Now, on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about some amateur radio digital modes that tie really nicely into the public safety spectrum or public safety use. Yeah, we're going to talk about P25, NXDN, and DMR. So for anybody who is a Patreon supporter at the $3 a month level, you won't get this upcoming break. For everybody else, we'll catch you in just one moment. Again, you can help support the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. We'll catch you all in just one second. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. 
And of course, many of our Scanner School listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. At the top of this podcast, I tease that you can listen to a scanner radio net on a digital voice mode on amateur radio. And I promise you, we're going to talk about that in just a second. But before we do that, let's talk about P25, the old, I don't know, granddaddy, mecca, whatever you want to call it. It's not really the granddaddy, but it's the, the big, the big honcho, right? The big kid on the block. This is where most public safety entities are. This is where you can find a lot of commercial radios. And this is why a lot of amateur radios operators are building P25 networks because there is a surplus of commercial radios available out there that's cheap and affordable for most people. Or if you are a big radio nut and you spend $8,000 on a radio, well, then yeah, you can use it for amateur radio also. But there are P25 radios, there's P25 networks out there that amateur radio operators can use. Now, again, most P25 scanner radios can just listen to these P25 amateur radios because they're phase one. So dust off your old Radio Shack Pro 96, your Pro 296, or you did it in 796D scanners and throw them on an amateur radio repeater and take a listen to what's out there. But you have to remember that P25 requires talk groups. So put that wild card in there. Discover what talk groups are out there. The talk groups on P25 replace the ability to have to program in a reflector in your D-Star radio, basically. So you basically transmit to a talk group, and that ties you into whatever that reflector is that you want, or your chat room, or your group it is that you want to tie into. So just like Yesu System Fusion, just like D-Star, right? And I assume just like M17, you can communicate via a large chat room through several repeaters or large distances. Again, nationwide, globally, et cetera, et cetera, through AP25 system. So again, break out your scanner radios, break out your ICOM ICR30, break out your AOR DV1 or DV2 if you got extra money to burn. Use DSD Plus if you have an SDR or even SDR trunk to monitor on the cheap a P25 repeater on amateur radio. Again, if you're listening to this through a repeater on, on P25, you're going to be at the mercy, basically, of the system admin. And again, a lot of these, you're going to be at the mercy of the system admin because they'll be the ones that dictate which, which gateways or which talk groups will be passed through their repeater. And that's always a bummer. But that's why, too, if you're an amateur radio operator and you have a hotspot of your own, like a Zoom spot or an MMDVM hotspot, you now are the boss of that system. And with a hotspot like that, you are in control over what talk groups, reflectors, or rooms that you want to monitor. And that's what will pass through, and you can just listen to whatever it is till your heart's content. Now, another public safety protocol that is used now in radio is NXDN. And again, with public safety using XDN, there's a plethora of NXDN two-way radios out there that amateur radio operators can get their hands on, can put into the amateur radio band, set up, and use. But again, 
You can even use your scanner to listen to these digital modes just like you would any other conventional NXDN frequency. If you don't have the paid upgrade for your scanner to do NXDN, but again, you've got deep pockets, go fire up your AOR DV1 and DV10. Go fire up your ICOM ICR30. If you're in the SDR environment, again, DSD Plus, SDR Angel, or SDR Trunk. I don't have any experience with NXDN, to be honest with you, on amateur radio. I've never tuned into an amateur radio repeater that carries NXDN. So, and I don't have any equipment here that, that, that has that. And my hotspot, I never even set up NXDN on my hotspot either because, again, I just don't have any two-way equip, equipment to transmit on NXDN. So it's something I really don't have experience with. So we're going to just breeze right past the NXDN topic and get into DMR. Now, DMR, DMR, DMR. A lot of us have DMR equipment. And now DMR has become my favorite digital voice mode for amateur radio on the VHF and UHF spectrum. I like the way it operates. I enjoy that. In fact, it's got two time slots on there so that you can have two talk groups. Again, our local club here has a list of talk groups they have on the first time slot, and then they have the closed club talk group on the second time slot so that the club, you know, the club business can operate independently of everything else that happens out there. I like the DMR protocol, not only for the fact that you can have two time slots, but because I think this is becoming the standard. Again, there's a lot of two-way radios out there that operate on DMR, so it makes it very easy for people to get the equipment. But a lot of DMR equipment for amateur radio is very cheap, such as the Anytone 878. There's a couple of different flavors of that. There's even the Anytone 676, something like that. Radio Oddity makes DMR. Even Balfong was in the DMR world for a little bit. You also have TYT. You've got Alluance, I believe is what the, the name is. And even some other amateur radio equipment, I believe, is starting to show up in the, the world here for DMR. On the scanner radio side, yeah, any scanner radio that can be programmed to monitor DMR can be programmed up to monitor a DMR repeater. But again, I know, rinse, wash, repeat here. So can an ICOM ICR30 and an AOR DV1 and DV10. And for those of you, again, in the SDR world, the SD Plus, SDR Angel, and SDR Trunk will be there. The thing to watch out, though, for DMR is the fact that you've got two different networks when it comes to DMR. You have the Brandmeister network, which you can find all those talk groups over at brandmeister.network. And you can listen to those and stream them online, by the way. You can just go to a group you want to monitor, click on it, and just stream it through your computer. No license required. But it's also the TGIF network. And the TGIF network, no, doesn't allow you to stream. <laughs> so what you really have to watch out for is to see if your local repeater that you might be listening through is tied into TGIF or if it is tied into Brandmeister. Now, what's really interesting with the world of digital communications these days, too, is the fact that many of these repeaters are tied into multiple networks on their back end. So what happens is you could have a Yesu System Fusion repeater connect to an All-Star link. And then you have a D-Star repeater connect to a gateway or a reflector. And that reflector is in a All-Star link. And then you can have a D-Star talk group that's in a All-Star link and also a P25. So you might have all these people who are talking on different types of digital communications 
Heck, you can even have somebody who's on an IR, IRLP node or Echolink on an FM analog channel, and they're tied in to the all-star bridge as well. And now you've got people on analog and digital. And when I say digital, I mean DMR, D-Star, Yesus System Fusion, M17. And they are all talking together because they are all connected to one central hub. It's a really interesting environment to be in. So if your friends are on Yesus System Fusion, but you are on D-Star, you can still communicate with them. And even through your hotspots, I know my MMDVN will allow me to go in on D-Star or in on DMR or in on Yesu System Fusion and connect to a other protocols back end, basically. Room, reflector, talk group. Really interesting way of doing business here. Now, where do we find these repeaters? We can find them on repeaterbook.com. And all we have to do is filter out, not only by our state or our region, but what kind of technology it is that we are looking for. So if you want to look for M17 or NXDN, DMR, etc., you can filter for those repeaters very easily on Repeaterbook. And of course, you can also look at Radio Reference. But I happen to prefer Repeaterbook when I am looking for amateur radio repeaters. Now, let's talk about, again, the different ways of linking things up and other things you may be interested in listening to. Now, just this weekend, I was looking at the East Coast Reflector. It's a group. I can all. I guess it's an all-star link. But the East Coast Reflector is has got repeaters tied into it. Again, like I said, from DMR, Analog, Yesu System Fusion, all together. And they have a tech net that meets, I think, every Tuesday on, on their nodes. So again, look for the East Coast Reflector by going to eastcoastreflector.com. You can even listen live on their website because it's streamed through Broadcastify. Or you can find a local repeater to you that you can listen to. So it's very interesting the way that these all are tied in. Again, there's other links out there. There's other types of nets on East Coast Reflector. There's a Think Tank. There's a Second Cup, the Morning Brew. There's a, a conference server. Even the, you know, there's, there's different things that happen on the East Coast Reflector. So I'm not sure if there's West Coast Reflectors or there's other reflectors in the EU, but this is something that uh, that I have been looking at for quite a while myself here as well. Now, again, let's talk about this scanner radio net that we were talking about at the top of the podcast and also right after the break. So one of our big supporters and backers is Kenneth. And Kenneth's been very active in our Discord server as well. You can always see him in there chatting it up. He's He's been very, very active when we were doing, when I was able to do our monthly Q&A sessions and our Patreon meetings. And as you could tell right by this point, after speaking for about 30 minutes, that it is getting difficult for me to continue to record this podcast episode. I'm just running out of steam here and we're going to wrap things up rather quickly here. But I don't want to walk away from this and then leave Ken hanging here. So Ken does a very great job of hosting and maintaining the Scanner Junkies net on Talk Group 1033 on the TGIF DMR network. You can join this net. It's a bi-monthly net. I believe it meets the first and third Thursday of the month or maybe the second and fourth. It's one or the other. It's a bi-monthly net. <laughs> but <laughs> to find out, you can actually join the, the 1033 group over on groups.io. You can chat with them over on our Discord server. Kenneth also operates a Facebook group. And you can stream 
the 1033 talk group through Broadcastify. Look for the N4VKF feed out of Virginia. And Kenneth is streaming his all-star link, which is tied into talk group 1033 on the TGIF network. So if you have a D-star radio and a hotspot that is on the TGIF network, make sure you check into the TGIF net that meets twice a month. And again, we are going to work with Kenneth to make sure that we announce that net every time that it's going to air. Uh, I believe it's 8 p.m. Eastern time, by the way, on Thursdays, uh, whichever Thursday it is they happen to meet. We're also working right now to see if we can get that stream set up on our Discord server. But right now, at a bare minimum, you can go to Broadcastify. You can look at Scanradio Deluxe, you can, whatever app it is that you have on your smartphone or your tablet. You can stream it from there as well. Again, if you look for the N4 VKF All-Star link. So again, if you want to be a part of that net and you can't join it, make sure you get on our Discord server and let Kenneth know. And he will get you checked into the net from uh, from the Scanner Radio world. Because again, it's all about Scanner Radios here. If you're not on our Discord, go to scannerschool.com slash Discord and sign up for free. It's a great community that is constantly growing. And there is certainly more activity as more people are joining the Discord server. It's a free application on your phone or your computer. And I think it's a really great environment to be on, especially when you want to have a question or an answer or a question answered by, I should say, pretty quickly because it's not a web forum. It's more of a chat group. But again, you have to remember too that people will answer you when it is convenient for them. Again, if uh, it's 3 a.m. local time, maybe there may not be too many people logged into the Discord server at that particular moment. But you know, you should get an answer sooner rather than later. Again, the link for that is scannerschool.com slash discord. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Altrack, Arthur Heron, Bill K, Bob Bross, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Powers, Craig Harper, Dan, Danielle Cavallella, David Dombrowski, David Pasco, David C, David Kuzneski, Danny Crotty, Dylan Hyder, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Davos, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Broxson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B, Jim Heinrich, John Cordov, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stanger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raven Hill, Rich Palmari, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Terry Wright, Thomas Jampino, Todd Glendy, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.